Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Clubhouse Podcast. This is episode 111, or the Dallas Mavericks, San Francisco Giants, St. Louis Cardinals, and the Boston Bruins episode. I am your host, as always, Tej Butler. Sitting next to me, my good buddy, my good pal, Dill. How you doing today, man? Hey. Just a nice hey. Doge, can we get a hey from you up there in Cleveland, man? Hey. <laughs> um. Perfect. Well, ladies and gents, we've got a good show for you today. We've got a very special guest. He's been on before, but we had to bring him back because it's Super Bowl season. Kyle Guy, former national champion and now current member of the Miami Heat, is coming on to talk a little bangles, a little hoops, and then we do a Mount Rushmore with him at the end. So stay tuned for that. It's a lot of fun. You're going to want to check it out. In the first half of our show, we're going to talk a little bit about the Baseball Hall of Fame and why it's a complete failure. Um, and then also we're going to do a little NBA trade talk here in the second quarter because the trade deadline is probably today when you're listening to this, but tomorrow when we're recording it. So had some big trades already, could be some big ones on, on the horizon. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing we have to do, because we can't go into this first and second quarter and get injured before we start talking to Kyle Guy. We have to stretch it out. We have to warm it up. We need to be prepared for the game right at the tip. So we got to warm it up, and the first person I'm going to give it to is Big Dill. Sure. Can we get your warm up, my good sir? Hey. Yeah. Hey. So <laughs> you know something. Uh, this is a uh, something we noticed what a couple days ago last week, I think, when Auburn was ranked number one, like yeah. in uh, men's basketball. Didn't really. I guess, like, I haven't really been paying that much attention to it. Like, I have, but not to the point where I'm, like, I can tell you the rankings, right? Like, okay, Duke's been having a good year. Gonzaga's still up there. Baylor kind of had a couple rough losses. Like, in general, I know, right? Mm -hmm. So, Auburn has been on a 19-game win streak, okay? They were 22-1 and at the time. I just want to say that, you know, Bruce Pearl is a hell of a coach. Yeah, I mean, he is. He's he's, he's uh, a good coach. He's turned it around. So uh, Auburn, um, I think it was 14 straight years, missed the NCAA tournament. And then after, uh, I think it was his fourth season is when they started making the NCAA tournaments there at Auburn. So it, it does take a little bit of time to kind of restructure an organization or in this. He's so good, I'm honestly surprised it took him that long. Like, but like that's how it goes. That's how bad they were. Right. No. You know right. what I mean? For like sure. they didn't have a winning season or some or a, a season in the NCAA tournament. I think it was uh, like 1999 or 2000s, early 2000s. Yeah. We're like we were like six and seven. Right. So like we didn't even know what SEC basketball was, right? Um, no, we did not. So so far at the time that I wrote this, uh, he was 160 and 93 um, at. Auburn and at Tennessee, he was 145 and 61. Um, same thing in Tennessee. They didn't make the NCAA tournament the previous four seasons uh, before he ended up going there, and he kind of turned Tennessee around. He yeah. he's been a winner everywhere he goes. Um, Sweaty guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he sweats. So Good. overall, he has a 7.23 win percentage. Uh, Auburn's been, you know. On top of, uh, you know, the AP ranks, that's what, it's AP, right? AP poll, yeah. right? They've been uh, top of the league so far this season, um, the last couple weeks, and they've kind of 
you know, they, they jumped a couple spots um, a few few weeks back, and they've been able to hold on to it since. Um, Kentucky is right up their tail at number five, so we got a little bit of an SEC thing going on there between those two. Um, other than that, I just didn't realize Auburn was doing as well as they are. Yeah, I will full. I'm go hand up, guys. Hand up, fans. Uh, this is on me. I uh, I up. have to admit, I've watched probably ten minutes of college basketball because the Bengals have just been obviously consuming preoccupying mind. Yeah, like so. I like I actually thought to myself the other day. I was like, holy crap! Like March Madness is right around the corner. Like usually when I'm done watching football, like the season is over. There's a lot of time between that and March sure. Madness, and there's not a lot of time this year. So like usually I'm like, oh, I'll catch up on some college while you know the other teams are playing. You know maybe I'll be like, I don't want to watch the Steelers, catch a college game that day. Not happening. I'm just watching Bengals, watching Bengals highlights. I'm getting Bengal fan stuff. I'm who day crazy right now. I love it. But the one thing I do make some time for, ladies and gentlemen, as you know. My beloved Boston Celtics, who are rolling right now, beat the brakes off the Brooklyn Nets last night. Absolutely dominated, 28 to two start. Um, we are now e above them um, in the standings, um, which is great. So they've been on an eight-game losing streak. We're on a six-game win streak. Um, and just in case you're wondering, a little Jason Tatum stats. Uh, currently, right now, he leads the NBA in defensive win shares. He's fourth in defensive weight rating. He's sixth in defensive rating um, <clears throat> against other replacement players. He's in the 91th percentile for isolation defenders, 97th percentile for jump shot defenders, 83rd percentile for three-point defenders, and 88th percentile for rim defenders, a.k.a. Jason Tatum is defending his nuts off, just like the Boston Celtics. We're holding teams uh, pretty handily under 100 points uh, very often, and our defense has been the best in the league um, since I believe January. So keep on the lookout for the Boston Celtics. They are coming just like the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Ooh, ooh. Um, Doge, what's your warm up before we break into a little, uh, little Hall of Fame action here? Got to throw just a quick sidebar before I get into this. Dill, it's all turned around ever since we had shirtless Bruce Pearl in the stands with Cam Newton. Whoa. That got the momentum going. Yeah, when Auburn was playing Alabama this year, I think. Bruce Pearl was seen shirtless in the stands going nuts with Cam Newton. So that was that was what really got that culture turned around for him. He's a man um, of the people, that's for sure. <laughs> but I've been watching a lot of the, the 2022 Winter Olympics, um, getting a bunch of the different events recorded and going back and watching them. The uh, United States currently sitting, as far as gold medal counts are concerned, sitting at 10th. We only have one right now. Germany's sitting at the top of the table. Got a lot of the, the typical contenders with the biathlons and the downhill skiing, like Norway, Sweden sitting up there. Netherlands, China, Austria, Italy. The Russian Olympic Committee, because Russia can't compete. Rock nation, rock nation, so. rock nation. <laughs> And then Slovenia, uh, all having more gold medals than us. But hopefully, you know, when we get more of the figure skating in and some of like the slope style and um, half pipe in, then we'll hopefully get some more medals there for us. But uh, sure, yeah, we're uh, off to a bit of a slow start, but the usual suspects kind of sitting at the top of the table as well. So hopefully, we can kick it up and, and finish strong here. The only notification I've gotten about the Olympics was about our our girl Michaela Schifrin not making it on her first run. That's the only thing I got. Oh, 
that was heartbreaking for her. She was uh she was set to compete in every single event. I don't know if she's still going to do it, but every skiing event that she could, she had like five different ones. Wow. Yeah, Played. she's a so beast. I'm not sure if she's still planning on doing that, but yeah, that was a tough start for her. For sure. From a fall, you're saying? I, yeah, she she wiped out on a turn. Just okay. uh, I didn't see it. They just said she didn't finish her first round. All That's I the only was, thing I got from all the I saw was a picture in the headline of all like five athletes like Olympics are over because of like falling from oh, skiing. Jeez. Well, I don't think her Olympics is over necessarily. I could be wrong about that. I may have missed that part, but I know that she was out of her first event because she couldn't qualify in her qualifying run. She wound up wiping out on gotcha. a turn. Okay. Uh, like the, the side of her boot caught the hill and she spun out. Yeah, I'll, I'll put my hand up for this one. I don't know a, a damn thing about the Olympics this year. So. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get in there, Dill. I think you would be a big uh, a big curling guy. I'm a big snowboard guy, Doge. That's kind of what I tune in for. Hey, hey, hey. A little half pipe. Yeah. A little half pipe. A little sure. half Chloe pipe. Chloe Kim is awesome. Like... I know. Dill, you'll, you'll give us a little snowboard. Yeah, something, something later on, but yeah, I love the snowboard too. I'm a big skier, so I love uh, Nick Gepper and his slope style. Gepper. I think it's absolutely fascinating what they can do. Like, I mean, I like oh, skiing. Um, I don't like skiing like that, dude. That's that's what I was gonna say. Like, way I enjoy skiing <laughs> in my leisure, right? Not a how flying get to the 400 fat, down yeah. 400 feet like when they what is that event called doge the long the ski jump, jump ski. where they do like this that's my oh. favorite event where they, it's awesome to watch gives me the worst spt probably of all time Just yeah, that'll, get your palms, that'll get your palms greasing up a little bit there yeah dude sitting at the top of the hill would be so so terrible. That would just be frozen to the seat, bro. It, it would be so paralyzing. Right. I can't do heights, dude. So I, I would not be able to do that. By any means, I think that's probably. Why I think it's the most impressive. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know the freaking long, like where you do the skeet shoot. You know where you like that one's really the cool. Alpine shooting, right? Is that what it's called? Alpine skiing, right? And then it has the no, like the biathlon where they're shooting and skiing. No, yeah, I think that's my favorite event. Just like training yeah. spies. Biathlon and the Nordic Combine, I think, are both like that. Yeah, yeah, that's um, really impressive because you you are just so out of breath. Like you've already gone like twenty five miles on skis uphill, and then you have to stop, collect yourself, and right? Shoot yeah, slow your heart rate down and just fire some shots. Yeah, crazy. No way I could shoot anything accurately. I would just be out of breath, dying. Yeah, I would not be able to compete in that competition. <laughs> no way. Um. Okay. You got something? I was just going to say, speaking of what, I mean, is there an Olympics for just the common people? <laughs> people have said that they should have, like, a normal person compete alongside the Olympians just to show what it would be like. <laughs> like, compare this to, like, your normal guy on the couch. Right. Like, here's your relative. It would be funny to have, even just, like, a celeb, like, even celebrities, those people who are, like, even they have a higher motor, but it's just, like, they can't do what, like, these people do. There's no way. Or, like, even other, maybe other athletes would be funny to see, like, put, like, a, you know, but then they probably wouldn't want to do it for risk know, of injury or anything. Yeah. Right. I think it was Bud Light used to do, like, the, like, the anti-Olympics commercial, where it was, like, they were all trying to do the worst in everything, and there was, like, the low jump, where, like, the girl was standing on the box, and she tried to jump, like, the shortest amount she could, 
and they went to the replay and she never left the ground and they were like, oh, she's disqualified. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Bring those back. Yeah. All right. Let's move on, gents, to our first quarter. We're going to be talking about the Baseball Hall of Fame. And funny enough, because we are in a lockout and because the arbitration has not uh, gone through, there's currently no testing policy for steroids or any drugs right now. So it is funny that we are going to be sitting here talking about some of the greatest players in the MLB not being in the Hall of Fame because of their alleged use of steroids or other PEDs when some of these guys never even failed a test. So the first name on the list we need to do and we need to congratulate because he has one of my favorite sports quotes of all time is Mr. David Big Poppy Ortiz. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolute legend. His quote after the um, Boston Marathon bombing or this is our city is one of my favorite quotes in sports of all time where he's out on the on the Red Sox field. Obviously one of the most clutch players in Red Sox history. So before we start crapping on the Hall of Fame, major props, major shout out to Big Poppy. Probably one of the more fun and recognizable players of our generation, for sure. Um, I know he was an Indian for a little while, right? He was a twin, or was he a twin? No, he's a twin. Twin, excuse me. Got the colors mixed up. Either way, we all know Poppy. We all love Poppy. <clears throat> now, moving on. We got to talk Barry. We got to talk Roger. We got to talk Sammy. We got to talk Mark McGuire if we want. But the guy who is no longer eligible to be on the Hall of Fame ballot, except for the old-time ballot, which I think is done in the fall, so like he wouldn't get in. It'd be a different way for him to get in. Is Barry Sanders. Or, whoa, Barry Bonds, excuse me. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Well, Barry Sanders should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's, he was a hell of a baseball player. You guys don't know. Barry um, we're speaking of is Barry Bonds. So I've got a few stats I'm going to read off, then I'll let you guys talk for a little bit, and then we can wrap it up. But I had I saw these when uh, the day of you know him not getting in. I saw thought some of these were so ridiculous we had to be you know we had to share them. So Barry Bonds had 575 plate appearance against pitchers who were already right now in the Hall of Fame. So 500 that's going to go up. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to go up. Correct. Um, his batting average against those guys was 292. And he only struck out seven times. So, I mean, just 500 times he's doing something productive or whatever. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. So, another stat. From 2001 to 2004, 39.5%. So, 40% of all Barry Bonds' bats. So, every time he went up there, 40% of the time he'd either be getting walked or hitting a home run. That does not include, you know, a single, a double, a triple. So, he's either getting up there, launching it out of the park, and going touching all four bases, or he's going to touch the first base. Like, that's for sure. <clears throat> he reached during that span, just so you're wondering, on base 94% of the time. So, absolutely ridiculous. Hall of Fame pitcher Greg Maddox said, well, actually, Barry Bonds is the easiest pitcher to pitch in the world, or the easiest batter to pitch in the world, because if, it's, if it just matters and the game is on the line, you just have to walk him. Um, you got to pick your fights. You get 27 outs. You got to know where that one is, and that's not going to be with him. So you just got to pick one of the other eight guys and go to try to fight him. So basically, one of the best pitchers of all time, and one for the Atlanta Braves, he was an absolute ace for them. Greg Maddox was like, yeah, I just didn't even pitch to Barry Bonds. It wasn't even worth my time. I was going to lose. And that's not something you would think somebody who is that good, that great, um, would say. But when Barry Bonds is that good, that's what you have to say. So those are the three big things that I saw or read about. I don't know if you guys have any other ones, but 
I, it's just such a crime that this guy isn't in the Hall of Fame. He didn't ever fail a drug test. Yes, he did get ginormous. Yes, he was probably on something. Nobody's denying that. But, I mean, he's – people say he's the best baseball player of all time. Like, statistically, he's got some of the best OB, OBSs on base percentage, whatever, in history. I think he's got the sixth best ever. And he's not in the Hall of Fame because we think he did something. I just – I don't know. It's weird. What do you think, Bill? So it's a shame that the MLB deters – I feel like they deter more people to be supportive of them and their decisions because when you when you have some of the guys who are – I would tune into a game to watch Barry Bonds. Yes. I, like that was the guy I was tuning in for, not uh, whoever. Right. One of, one of the most Put memorable, a name in there. One of the most memorable moments of me at MLR uh, JVP when I was a little kid was we were Reds were playing the Giants and Barry Bonds forgot his sunglasses and I don't know why I remember that but I was like holy shit Barry Bonds and they had to walk back in and get his glasses and they like held the game up for him and I'm like what is that and I'm like that's well that's Barry you know he's they, they're gonna let him do that, that kind of he's so good I'm like well shoot yeah I guess you're right so I don't know why that always stuck with me but I was like man that, that's Barry Bonds he just kind of does whatever he wants and um, and he isn't the only case that this is you know happening no right and. And going back to your uh, stat here, as far as the 575 plate appearances against pitchers in the Hall of Fame, batting 292 and only striking out seven times. Okay, let's translate that to the MLB today, right? Like it's a very um, hit or miss league. Right. You're either hitting a home run or you strike out, and it's almost become more acceptable to stop putting the ball in play and swinging for the mm-hmm. fences and and striking out. Right. Whereas like back then, that wasn't the approach. And he was way better at what he was doing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so that's something that yeah, imagine he started working on his launch angle or whatever the heck they are always saying. Like, and and here's the thing: <clears throat> like, exit velocity. We, I mean, this has been a story obviously for a while now. As far as well, the steroids made him stronger, uh, faster. So this, that. Okay, I want to see everyone on steroids that is jacked as hell go and do what he did with a bat. It's okay? about the eyes, dude. It's not about the pure strength, okay? You know how many guys are absolutely yoked, but because they aren't flexible enough, they don't have the, like anything. They aren't able to hit the ball on the barrel of the bat. That hand-eye coordination, like you were saying, the eyes. Like There are so many other factors that go into it, right? Like deciding on what pitch he's going to swing at, being able to read the spin out of a pitcher's hand. Like Those are things that make him the player he was, right? Not just... Oh, he took steroids. He, therefore, he hit a whole, uh, whole bunch of home runs. Therefore, he isn't actually that good. Right. I, I don't see how that translates. Um, and I just think it's a shame that somebody who holds all of these records, most importantly being the all-time home run leader, is not going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's a crime, dude. It's an absolute crime. And there's going to be plenty of people who have the opposite It'd be opinion. It's like if you cut Michael Jordan out of basketball history. It, and that's the thing. This is what I was going with as far as kind of deterring fans away. You're you're walking away and you're you're um almost kind of shunning them from the historical past, right? Like and that's the whole thing about baseball is that it's supposed to be America's pastime and right. and there's so much history, deep rich history there. <laughs> But then you want to like only show the parts that you want to show. Yeah, it has to be right? so pristine, right? And you got to have it your way. Like, just explain. Here's the big picture, and each individual can take away, you know, what they want from it. Yeah. And 
you know, if, if I were growing up now as a, you know, six, seven, eight year old, um, yeah, there are probably guys I'd be looking at, but, um, you know, no one was equivalent to Barry Bonds, right? Like he's once in a lifetime, mm -hmm. once in a generation. Man, I got to find that. There's... I've been talking a lot about him. Obviously, you know what my opinion is. Doge, do you have anything I'll to say... say that I haven't already? Doge might be, he might be on the other side. Who knows? Yeah. No, no. I know he's not. Uh, I'm kidding. I love Barry Bonds. And it's tough. I think he's definitely a guy that, like, if the point of the Baseball Hall of Fame is to preserve its history of their best players ever, it's it's a crime for him not to have been put in there. Um, I know, T, you were talking about the OPS. I think there was a stat, like, when he was at the height of his powers in San Francisco, early 2000s, that there were four years in a row where he led the league in OPS. And I think there was one year, particularly, I think, 2004, that he was watched yeah. so much that he would have led the league in OPS if he never even brought his back to the play. I was trying to find that stat, yeah, which is yeah, absolutely his, crazy. His OPS that year was 1.422, which is astronomical. He was intentionally walked that year 120 times. That's <laughs> absolutely crazy. Some people don't I get mean, that in Like career. you said, the Maddox quote, like if the – if the at-bat meant anything, you just walked the guy. Like, he was that explosive that if you pitched to him, he was going to yoke one. Buck Showalter <laughs> walked him multiple times when there were loaded bases. And he said, I'm not dealing with that. Like, no way. I'll just take the run. I'd rather give up one run than give up four. Yeah, for sure. All right. <laughs> that That is an absolute game changer. That's a game record. You Barry Bonds I mean? is the first player to ever, and I heard somebody else say this, and I can't remember who, so I apologize for taking the credit, but he said Barry Bonds is the first guy to ever shift the momentum or the like the fear and the power from the pitcher to the batter. Where like Barry sure. Bonds is in control of that at bat, whereas every other pitcher, every other situation, it's usually the pitcher. Hey, I'm in control. This pitcher goes wild. It's on you, whatever, etc. Whereas Barry Bonds was always like. This is my strike zone. If it's not in there, I'm not swinging. If it's in there, I'm sending it out of the fucking park. Yeah, like absolutely amazing. And then there's guys like Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. They, you know, their year. So, do you have any more on Barry there, Doge, as well? And I'll let you get into Clemens too, if you got any Clemens. It's a, it's a shame, man. It really is. I mean, he's a, what was he a MVP, like seven times, I think. I mean, he before he, he even took steroids, he was a three-time MVP. Barry Bonds. Like, he's took him in, in San Francisco, everybody says, right, allegedly. And he had three MVPs in Pittsburgh. So Right. Less, which, uh, which is just wild. So, I mean, <clears throat> he's he's just one of the best to ever do it, if not the best to ever do it. And it's a shame that he won't be crowned in the, in the hall, you know. Um, but hopefully, you know, his legend lives on in other ways. And, you know, they still have that, that late vote in, like you were mentioning, T., that uh, I think it's all the members that are alive that are in the hall get to vote. Is that right? Yeah, I, th I think so. And then the reporters too. So he'll get in with that. Um, I would imagine. But I mean, I would hope so for all the pitchers that are alive that he played against. You know, like they better be voting two ninety, and they couldn't get him out. So I mean, it's <laughs> that's that's, a, that's an ego vote, if not Doge. Well, so right. the, I know, like notoriously, like, and I don't know if this is the same for Clemens because I think he has some more like actual steroid like allegations than Barry, but everybody just says Barry Bonds is a dick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what, like why that would make him not like, I don't care if you're like cool or you're nice. That doesn't mean like you're a hall of fame player, your attitude and how you treat me. Yeah. Like what I prefer to you to be nice. If I'm a reporter and I'm asking for a quote that I need to get for my job. Sure. That'd be great. But it's also not your job to be nice to me. So 
And it's not my job to put in how I think you were felt to me into your Hall of Fame bid. Like, is he a Hall of Famer based on the stats? Yes. Okay, cool. He should be in. And not should, it shouldn't be like, well, yeah, I asked Barry Bonds for an autograph for my son, and he wouldn't give it to me, so F that guy. I'm not getting him in the Hall right. of Fame. And I'm not, it's right. not just directly like that, but everybody says Barry's a big dick, and he's not very nice, but I don't care. He was nice on the field. He was the nicest on the field. If you, so, if you watched him play, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's just putting balls in the bay all day long. That's one of the sweetest things to watch, too. When all the people just just going to get the balls. Every single person. And then, like, you know, when they were playing at home, um, when he was waiting to uh, break the record, right? Yeah. It was just like, okay, like, there were so many, was it kayaks? Yeah. So many kayaks out in McCovey Coat. Like, do you see the guy? The guy who got it, I think, had an airboat and he used, like, a net. Super funny. There was a whole whole documentary on, like, the, um, the science behind where he picks his spot. Like, yeah, it, it was a really cool bit that I that I watched. Very cool. Um, last thing I want to say about him, something that will kind of always stick with me. Um, I didn't remember what year until I just looked it up, but uh, August 7, 2007. Uh, my birthday is when he actually hit the record-breaking home Ooh. run. So that's something that like I'll always remember. You know what I mean? Like That was really cool. I remember seeing it. Um, and yeah, that, that'll stick with me uh, forever. So, Roger Clemens pitched from 1984 to 2007. Yeah. 23 years. Holy shit. Steroids. Well, yeah. I mean, that'll get you going for a little bit longer. <laughs> but guess what? He's still a goddamn Hall of Famer. Yeah, dude. The Rocket? Oh, my God. Do you know he's born in Dayton? Yeah, he's a tough... He's a big, big right? I'm pretty sure he's not a great guy. Or at least not everybody's favorite person. I would maybe it's a better way to say it. We got nothing against you, Raj. If you want to come on the pod, no, same I, mean, with, I love same, same with you, Bear. We love you, Barry. As a as a pitcher growing up, I love Clemens. That was, I mean, I didn't know. I was too young to like he put just, any sort of opinion towards no, his just throw some ethical heat, man, the rock. Just heat. And you knew, and and this was before everyone threw this fast, right? Like, yeah. This is like he. Was the guy, right? Like, that's why he was called the Rocket. Yeah. Now you can't call somebody the Rocket because there's uh, yeah, 75 other dudes throwing 100 miles an hour. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as unique anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, do we want to, I'm not going to diatribe on this anymore. They got put on a freaking asterisk on their plaque. I don't care what we have to do. Put them in a wing that says the untainted or the, the you know, the undesirables or you know, questionable, <laughs> questionable Hall of Famers or, you know, maybe put him in the bad character hall where it's like, hey, everybody in this wing isn't the greatest guy, but they were a great player. Because, like, I heard somebody else say the other day, and this will be the last thing we say on this. There's a guy who is in the Hall of Fame who has a quote that is literally verbatim, there should never be a black player on the baseball field. Like, and he's in the Hall of Fame? Like, what are we talking about? Like, I don't want to put race in this. I'm not trying to do all this. But, like, that shouldn't be something that we're honoring, but that guy's in there, and but we can't honor Barry because he maybe took steroids. And again, I'm going to point out, he never failed a test. So you can't hold him against that. He just looked bigger. So I don't know. It's just like this double standard the MLB has right now in the Hall of Fame is absolutely atrocious. And it's no wonder that there are kids who seem to be not picking up baseballs and picking up soccer balls, footballs, base, or you know basketballs. It's not, not growing at the rate of other sports. No. It's certainly not. And 
Yeah, this is this is one of the many things that they have got to figure out in order to kind of get the the market. The funnest back, right? thing like about get the kids back in the game. The funnest thing about baseball is a home run, and the greatest home run hitter is a person that nobody likes to talk about. Yeah, put him in the unethical wing. Like, we would cares? never get a last dance version of Barry Bonds. You know what I mean? Because people hate him. Well, it would be a, a you know a private thing, right? It wouldn't be some sort of like MLB yeah. official. Totally. Like, yeah. Rob Manfred's not going to any interviews. Well, he, like Rob Manfred's what, a what joke. Bud Bud Selig, right? Joke. It is Rob. Guys. Yeah, Bud Selig is also joke. So MLB, get your get you know come on, just do a freaking just do better. How about that? Just do better. Do MLB. better. Hey, can we get some damn baseball on too, by the way? My goodness. Yeah, speaking of which. Speaking of which. Freaking locked out. Yeah, we are locked out. So we're not going to talk about baseball because we're locked out. Yeah. We're going to move on to our second quarter here. We got a little Tejas trade talk. So let's review. You want to go CJ or you want to go Sabone first, Dill? Who you want to talk about? Let's go, let's go CJ. Okay. Let's go CJ McCollum here. CJ McCollum, former Portland Trailblazer, was traded to the New Orleans Pelicans for Nikhil Alexander Walker, for Josh Hart. Um, and I can't remember that other little guy's name right now. Um, he was it's I just didn't want to say it wrong. Hold on. Well, Kyle's going to be uh, playing tomorrow against him. So There you go. There you go. Um, this is not the trade. Okay, either way. You're saying from the Pellies to the yes. Trailblazers? He was the guy who just had that really funny clip that was streaming all over the place. Um, where he's like... Oh, can he shoot? Yeah. Yeah, can shoot? Yes, correct. Um, he's like, yes, I can shoot. Uh, it starts with an A, but either way, why can't I find this? This is really pissing me off. Alexander, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, Alexander Walker's the other guy. Well, you've got, they're sending Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. D.D. Laduza, that's who it is, excuse me. D.D. Laduza is the other person. Sadoransky expiring, going Zada? to, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Gotcha. Okay. That I don't D know. Well, you know what I do know, Doge? He could shoot. He can shoot. He can shoot. Um, so, Pelicans getting a nice, you know, I think this is a really nice deal for the Pelicans here. Um, while it is a kind of a bummer to give up Josh Hart, getting CJ McCollum is a guy you're not going to get in free agency ever pretty much down there, I'd say. And he could be a really nice pick and roll with Zion when they get going. And then you got Ingram there. So you kind of got a nice little three going if you can get Zion back healthy there. The Blazers seem to be in big-time blow-it-up mode because they got rid of CJ. They also traded Robert Covington and Norman Powell to the Clippers. So basically the only guy left for them right now is Damian Lillard. I know that they also took on, um, I believe, Joe Ingles today, who is out for the season. Um, so the Blazers are, seem to be tanking big-time. So I don't know if that means Dame will be moved. Here, I know he's got to get some surgery, it seems like, so maybe be on the lookout for that tomorrow, or maybe he'll get moved this summer um, when they when they do really blow it up. But either way, um, CJ McCollum going to the Pelicans, what do you guys think of that? Who do you think won that trade? Um, Doge, I'll give it to you first. What are your just general thoughts on CJ to the Pels for Josh Hart, Alexander Walker, etc.? Uh, 
you know, I think it's a great trade um, for the Pelicans. Um, it does kind of seem like the, the Blazers are kind of going to blow up mode. You know, this is a guy that, you know, has been a part of the Blazers team. They've made the playoffs every single year since they drafted him in 2013. You know, so almost almost 10 full seasons of him being there and uh, making the playoffs every single year. You know, it's a shame that they weren't ever able to, to really bring it home, uh, especially with that backcourt duo of him and Dame. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's just it seems like they're kind of moving on to the next chapter. And, you know, hopefully CJ for the Pelicans can provide some sort of you know, skill set and, and, you know, veteran abilities that they can pair with, you know, Zion coming back healthy. Um, you know, he's coming along with Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell, you know, could be decent for him. So Nance Jr. Uh, would be nice for sure. It kind of seems like the Blazers are definitely turning over into a new chapter of, uh, of their franchise, you know, kind of leaving it behind, you know, even with them still there. It's it's not quite the same dynamic duo and team that they had before, so it's no. tough. It's tough to see, but um, you know, I, hopefully he does well. Hopefully he does well. I think you know if you had to pick a winner of the trade, though, I think the Pelicans kind of won that one. Um, I would say, or Dill, you go first. Um, yeah, just to kind of add on, they've always been in the mix, right? They've had some good years, but they've had some key injuries. You know, they've never they've been always fully been injured, healthy. Yeah. And then again this year, injured, you know, a little bit throughout the locker room again. Like if Nurkic was healthy a couple years ago or whenever he – I think he broke his leg, right? If he was healthy that year, it could have been different. But (laughs) at the same time, when you look at it, the Warriors were going through their era, right? So like that's that's a four- or five-year span that you have to compete with one of the best teams in NBA history each year just to get out out of your conference, right? Right. So – I mean, it's it's tough, and then you have the James Harden teams, right, in the West too. So the West has been stacked the entire time as well. So again, another thing to kind of, you know, it's impressive that they've gotten there and they've been able to stay um, kind of within the top eight, right? You know, as far as getting in the uh, playoffs with Terry Stotts and uh, Dame, but it didn't seem like the Chauncey Billups hire was for a rebuild. It seemed like it was, hey, Terry yeah. Stotts is the issue. Chauncey's the answer. We have a team. We have the roster. And then it kind of just spiraled downward where it's like, okay, now I guess we're in rebuild mode. I, I mean, who knows? Is he going to be back after this year? Like, is it, hey, we, we're in it for the long haul? Um, I don't know. I mean, you look at other point guards who've had success in the NBA as far as head coaching. Like, they've all been good but not – you know what I mean? Like Jason Kidd, like he's been good, but yeah, I mean, yeah. hasn't, hasn't been it right. He got, he got fired and then the Bucks won what, yeah, but I mean, four like, years later, <clears throat> five years later. So like Steve Nash had a really good first year. Granted loaded roster, right? Not much depth, I but can, a lot of top tier talent. Then this year I can go, I can give you a bunch of former players who are awesome coaches for sure. But just in the last, but I'm saying I'm what you're saying. Yes, like the, the people who we grew up watching, them being coaches is not working out the way they want for sure. Like, and I, maybe it's just because they haven't been out out of the league long enough, right? Like Steve Kerr, like he didn't become well. He was Warriors. A, Warriors he was coach, GM like, of the Suns first, right? But so like, like he he was out. Before he started coaching, for he did the, right. He did broadcasting. He did the GM. Like he didn't just go, "Hey, I'm done. Let me take a year off. Cool. Coach. Now I'm gonna coach." Right. Which like Chauncey did some TV stuff. Steve did some stuff working with the, the Warriors uh, staff for a couple years, but like not like coaching, coaching. But 
So I'm with you. Yes, they they just are. That's not, an observation, not a take. I guess. Like we'll see how it goes, but that's something I notice where it's like, huh. I'm with you. I'm there's, with you. There's three data points there too, so not a whole lot. <laughs> um. Okay. So. I think I'm trying to figure out who I like really won this trade because I think the Pel- the the Blazers got what they wanted, right? right? They got some picks, they got off of the money. They're ready for the rebuild. Um they did get some decent pieces. Like Josh Hart is a pretty decent piece. Nikhil Alexander-Walker yeah. decent piece. Solid player. Uh I think he might have went to the, that guy might have went to the Jazz for Ingles though. The, but the Blazers have a lot of cap room now that they're going to have in, in the postseason or the offseason. And then if they trade Dame, they'll have even more. So maybe they can get some stars. Maybe they can bring a star in with Dame. Like, hey, maybe we couldn't get you. CJ wasn't working, but let's bring in Bradley Beal on the max, and maybe he'll be better. I don't know. So He's out for the rest of the year now with, uh, yeah. what, wrist, right? Yeah, wrist surgery. And Dame are likely out with ab surgery. So, like, neither of those guys are playing this year. So A lot of injuries going around. Yeah. But, I mean, it could be perfect for the Blazers, too, because now they're going to tank. Maybe they get the first pick. They bring in some really good young guy with Dame, like because there's a lot of like bigs like Paolo Banquero. Um, maybe bring in Chet out there um, and get a really nice athletic big to go with Dame, and then you can sign somebody this off season or something. So I think the Blazers got what they wanted, so they did a good job there. The Pelicans, I think, won the shots. He's going to put in the work, and I think him doing that can show Brandon Ingram and possibly Zion, hey, the hand. Like, hey, guys, it's calm. Like, I've been here before. I've been in this situation. It's cool. We're going to be all right. We're going to bounce back. Just give it to me. I'll make a buck. Got rid of a lot of stuff. Like, I don't, can't believe they got rid of Alonzo. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I would have tried to keep Josh Hart if I could have. The Sam Adams-Valanchunas swap actually was good, but it was weird at the same time. So next team that we're about to talk about. Let's take everyone, take a moment of silence if you're listening to this. Just take a deep breath, deep sigh, and if you know a Kings fan, just please reach out to them in their time of need right now. They're going through some stuff. They just got absolutely hosed by the Pacers uh, in this trade. It's absolutely terrible. So just if you know a Kings fan, reach out. Just say, hey, just check in on your people. Uh, because the best player that they've had for a while, Tyrese Halliburton, is now on the Indiana Pacers. Shouts out to our boy Ed. The Pacers are trading DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday, as well as a 2027 second-round pick, not a first-round pick, to the Sacramento Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, who was picked 10th two years ago, if not last year. Yeah, two years ago. No, last year. Right? Stats team. Well, I'm on it. I think it's two years ago now that I'm saying it. Uh, Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson. So, Probably all starter caliber people. Tristan Thompson. Twenty twenty pick twelve. Twelve. Okay. Excuse me. Either way, pick twelve. It's a top top lottery pick there, and he'd been playing some of the most efficient basketball in the league right now. I think he was like third in catch and shoot threes, and he's got all this great defensive stats. So Tyrese Halliburton being the piece that the Pacers got is incredible. The Kings get a really nice piece in DeMontis Sabonis, but it's kind of a lateral move, I would think, um, because while you're probably going to be able to unlock a lot of pick and roll with Darren Fox and Sabonis now, which is probably what they were thinking with this, this is equivalent to, like, he's, I want to say this in... Like so, we all understand that Tyrese Halliburton is not the same caliber player of the person I'm going to say. But this is what it would be like. It'd be like if the Celtics traded Jason Tatum, 
Like, he's the best player on the Kings right now. He has the most potential. He's the youngest. You have him under contract for a while. There's no reason you should get rid of Tyrese Halliburton unless you think Sabonis is that damn good. And I do like Sabonis, but it's, I don't think he's that damn good. I would have traded De'Aaron Fox. I would have given up multiple picks. I would have done anything else besides that uh, to make that trade happen. So, because if you could have had, uh, had Sabonis, Halliburton, and Fox, that's a really nice three. But now that you just have the two, I don't know. I think you can take stuff away from that. So, the Kings are trying to win the playoffs. They're trying to break their streak of not going to the playoffs. That's why they made this move. So, I understand why the Kings did it. But, man, they have to fire their GM because, like, that's a terrible, terrible trade, man. Like, I don't – they got only Sabonis in value, and they gave up two incredibly valuable trade assets. Like, the Pacers could flip Buddy Heald right now, and they could easily – I mean, they could get – Ben Simmons for Tyrese Halliburton. So, I mean, they might even be able to trade Miles Turner and, and Buddy Heald for Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't believe the Kings did this. After Tyrese Halliburton, too, coming out, like, after he got drafted and said, hey, I want to change the culture of this Kings. I want to be a winning player here. I want to change. Like, we want to get to the playoffs. Like, he was invested in Sacramento. Matt Barnes uh, reported that he was crying in the locker room after he found out that he got traded because he loved being in the city so much. So it's just like, I don't know. Obviously, it's a business, but like, if you have a young kid like that, I don't understand why you'd get rid of him. So, you guys like Sabonis or like that much, or am I? Am I? You guys think I'm correct? Does what are your thoughts here? I mean, I like Sabonis. I love Sabonis. Very good. I think we he's all agree all-star. on that. You know, right? he's an, he, he was an all star. Yeah, he's caliber. You know that level of player. Um, yes. But I think. You know, the, the Kings saw more in him than I did in order to put a package together like this. That's a good um, way to put it. You know, I, I was texting our buddy Ed, who's a big Pacers guy. I said, dude, you got to love this trade. And he said, I love this trade. I said, I love Buddy Heald. He said, dude, I'm excited about Halliburton. Kind of going on the same rant that you were saying too, T. And, you know, it's, it's exciting for him to have those guys come in, even though he just traded away a guy that was an all-star for them, not, you know, one, two years ago. Right. So... For him to feel that way as a Pacers fan, you know, I got to agree. You know, there's definitely something there that seems like the Pacers still just won that trade. You know, and they didn't, you know, they gave up Sabonis, but they they didn't just absolutely tank everything for it either. They got a lot back. So I think it's, yeah, I think the Pacers won that big time. It's weird because, like, the rumors have been going around, like, everybody knew the Pacers were trying to get rid of Sabonis or Turner. So it's not like you were fighting up against, you know, a, a, you know, a guy they're like, well, you know, this is our best asset. You can't have it. Like, you know, I imagine yeah. the Pacers, I imagine the Pacers were like, why don't you give us Halliburton, Heald, and Thompson? And as their first offer, just like, fuck it. Let's see if we can put it, stick it in there. And the Kings are like, oh, that's great. We want some bonus. And then the Pacers are like, oh, my God. Like, Rick Carlisle's jumping up and down right now. So. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's huge for them. Huge I think them. having Thompson and Miles Turner, I don't know who's going to get a rebound against those guys if they're both in the game at the same time. <clears throat> like, those guys are rebound machines. Big rebounders. Big rebounders. So, so that's insane. And, you know, in Halliburton, he's only been in the league two seasons, but he still shoots over 40% from three both years he's been playing. So, like, he's he fits the bill of the new NBA that just can shoot high-percentage three-pointers. Plus, Brogdon isn't always healthy, so if you have another really high-caliber ball handler, like you can run a lot of stuff or your same stuff if he's not feeling 100%. Or if they're both in, then you got two that you can stagger. 
People don't really know where the offense is going to start. So, absolute win for the Pacers. I think if the Kings make the playoffs, it's a win for them. But ultimately, it will end up being a loss because it's only going to be for temporary one year. Like, they're going to accomplish their goal, but I don't know. Dill, what do you think of this trade? It just seems like the Kings are always kind of in shambles as far as, like, they don't... Uh, all right, well, I don't know. Like, I, it's hard to take them seriously. Um, yeah, for real. And this is going back to... They've had issues with... Going back to the Cincinnati Royals. I mean, yeah. like, even way back in the day. Um, I can't remember any specifics off, to, off the top of my head, but I remember when I took a deep dive at 2 a.m. on YouTube uh, about the history of the Sacramento Kings... And, you know, reading about it, it seems like there, there are always financial issues with trying to fund a team in an arena right in Cincinnati. And then I think it was in Kansas City when they uh, moved and then the Sacramento. Or, uh, I'm not sure about that. They were playing in like two sure. cities. Oh, it was I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like there were a lot of things going on with it. And this is, you know, obviously play, uh, taking place way back when. But um, other than the. What the Peja Stojakovic teams like in the early two thousands? Yeah, Chris, Chris Webber and them. Like that was the only team that yeah, I remember maybe. ever kind of being good, right? Or in conversations like. And, and that team was good, like yeah, good, good, like, good. Beating good. the Lakers, good. Beating the Spurs, good. They were good. But it it just seems like a forgotten city, you know what I mean? Like or a forgotten basketball town. Like I don't know. It just seems like people just schlep people off there to end their careers. Yeah, like Ben Simmons literally said, "I'd like to play." For the three, uh, through three California teams, and there's four. Like he was like, I'd like to play for Golden State, L.A. or L.A. And he was just like, You didn't, you, yeah. He didn't even mention Sacramento. He didn't even yeah. like it wasn't even like one of the California teams. Like, right. So it's just ridiculous. And it just kind of extends into this trade, right? Like it, it just feels like they just kind of forgot about themselves. Like what I don't know. Like what are they looking for? I have no idea out of this. It seems like they they have way different goals than everybody because, like. They've they have the longest playoff drought, so like they're trying to go to the playoffs. So like, I guess adding some bonus will get that. Like you'll be better off right now. But like, why would you, uh, you know, bite off your? I, I can't think of the phrase. Whatever, chewing off your hand or something. I can't think of it. Either way, you're like, I don't understand why you would try to win today when you have a potential to like be pretty good in the future. Like like actually maybe compete. Rather than like, eh, we'll go to the playoffs. We'll sell some tickets. People might buy us a bonus jersey. He's he's pretty sweet, which he is. They don't want this to be a Knox of bonus. Like I think he actually is going to make them pretty good. But he'll be fine. Yeah, like, so he'll be good. Be great. He'll be good wherever he goes. Correct. He doesn't need somebody like he's going to get his boards. He's going to get his defensive. Um, it's a matter of time until so he's that... like, yo, get me out of Sacramento. Like I'm not doing this. I want to win. So I, I think that like. Going back to the, the Marvin Bagley pick, right? Like, he hasn't done anything for They're him. They're desperately trying to trade him, and nobody will take him. Like, if he talk would about have done... A, talk about a freaking awful bust for them. That's if he would have done anything, I feel like, it would have maybe put them in a situation where they don't have to give up all those things for a Sabonis because Marvin Bagley's doing similar things, right? Like Totally. He was He's that left-handed big guy that they wanted. Dude, I thought he was going to be so good. He came out in that suit. That's the best thing he's done in the NBA. Yeah, and he didn't even step on a court. It's like I don't know. It's it's sad to see because like he just hasn't done anything, right? And like you teach, like I thought coming out of Duke, you know, Coach K, he had a lot of hype. 
Oh my god, I have to take a thirty second timeout. No way. I'm I am Cheer. I'm dead right now. I'm so upset. My favorite restaurant in Mason is permanently closed. Slim Chickens. First it was West Shore. I, Slim Chickens. Uh, Slim Chickens. They just opened one up in the last year up here. Doge, it's the best tenders you're going to have. I promise you. I've had them. They're very good. Dude, they're... Uh, the they're five wing. Parm, their garlic parm sauce is phenomenal. It's so good. Oh, Mitch just texted that? My mom did. Wow. Okay, I got to get back on track. All right, let's reset real quick. Pour one out for Slim. So there are other locations, TJ. I don't know why that one closed. That but no longer so does it say the closest me. one to me is in Ohio. It's putting me to Ashland, Kentucky. Wow. They've got one in Avon up here. Those, we might have to hit that when we come up, dude. I'm or thinking, we might, we yeah. have to hit your place when we come up for Slim Chickens, I mean. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, you right. guys can crash my place when you go get some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one more trade to talk about. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but everybody says it's going to. Okay. What you got? Um, and then we'll get into a little halftime, and we got some Kyle Guy. So stay tuned for that, ladies and gents. Okay. So. Oh it is time, boys. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be in the summer. But everybody says Harden for Simmons is a full-blown go. They're just working it out, figuring it out. Obviously, if it doesn't happen tomorrow, things could change before the summer. Everything can change. You know, Sixers could win a championship. Who knows? Whatever. Doubt it. Um, but Ben Simmons on the Nets would be something else. James Harden with Embiid would be a lot of fun to see. James Harden giving a shit again would be a lot of fun to see as well. Um, the Nets sticking yeah. together and actually making a playoff run would be fun to see as well. Um, do you guys think this trade is going to happen tomorrow? Do you think that – let me just try to lay out all the different factors here for the for you guys. It's just just straight up, right? No. It can't be straight up because James Harden money. makes 42 or whatever million or something like that. So And Ben makes 30. So they have to add in another player. The, set, the Nets want the Sixers to throw in Seth Curry. Obviously, the best shooter on the Sixers, one of the best like duo players with Joel Embiid in the league. Uh -huh. So they're like, ah, probably not, pal. And then so the Nets are like, ah, probably not then, pal. You'd be a huge depth depth piece for the Nets. You know what I mean? Or like adding one more guy who's just like he's just solid. If you could run your lineup, so their lineup then after the trade would be probably Kyrie, Seth Curry, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons. And Nicholas Claxton, or like some version. Maybe they throw another wing and Joe Harris, and yeah, then Durant, on. and then Ben, and like Durant Not plays sure. center or something. I don't know. But either way, they got a lot of shooting, a lot of versatility, which they have right now too. But they'd have another really good caliber defender if Ben Simmons comes back and plays normal. Ben Simmons, right now, sitting out due to mental health, saying that he can't play in Philadelphia anymore. Uh, his basketball is not. His mind is not ready for basketball. Um, you know, he felt betrayed after the fans booed him and after he missed that didn't take that layup against Joel Embiid and Joel kind of threw him under the bus and Doc said uh you know I'm not sure if Ben Simmons is a you know can win a championship with us right now or something and you know I'm sure he would have want to walk that back if you asked him again but cat's out of the bag now um so Ben Simmons not playing due to mental health not sure if he would even play if he came back so um 
Also, the 76ers are out there screaming, hey, six or Nets, you better trade James Harden. You better trade him. He's not going to sign with you guys this offseason. He's going to come sign with us. You might as well give him to us now. You might as well give it to us now. And so the Nets are like, ah, I don't know about that. You know, We've heard from him, et cetera. There's also a factor. Uh, the Nets owner, Joe Sy, super, super wealthy guy. Um, I believe he is... Broncos guy, right? Uh, yes, but he's also... Um, I don't, I don't want to say this. I don't know. I believe he's from China or Chinese, um, or really supports uh, China. And when Daryl Morey a couple years ago came out and said all those, you know, tweets and negative things about China, there was a point where Joe Sy literally banned Daryl Morey from the Nets arena. He couldn't come to the visiting games. Daryl Morey is the direct person dealing with the Nets, Sean Marks in this trade. So there could be a chance where Joe Sy literally just says. Hey, you can't trade him to that guy because I don't like that guy. Which would be a pretty bad business move, but when you're that rich and you're that successful, you can afford to make a move like that. Um, so I don't know if that'll play a factor in this at all or not, but that's also one thing that is kind of you know in the weeds of this. So there's like a billion different things going on with this trade, a billion different ways that it could go, a billion different ways that it couldn't go. So Doge, I'm looking at you right here, right now. Do you think James Harden will be playing another game for the Brooklyn Nets because he is sitting out tomorrow just in case he gets traded, resting the hamstring? He sat out against the Celtics the other night. James? Yes. He's sat out five games now or four games due to a hamstring, but also kind of like maybe we'll trade and rest. And then like a a left-hand sprain or something. Yeah, yeah, I know because he's been out on my fantasy. I've been getting updates about it. He'll be out game three, blah, 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 so. I personally think he will play for the Nets again. I, I think it's going to be tough for them to really come to the terms that both sides like enough to make that trade work. Um, and I think the deadline's just going to come up too fast for them, for them to be able to, to find the, the right middle ground. So I would be surprised if the trade winds up happening. If it does, then exciting stuff. Um, but I personally think... Yeah, he'll be, you know, quote-unquote resting. The deadline's going to reach. They won't have come to an agreement. And when he gets better, he'll be back on the court with the Nets. Dill, what do you think? I think this is an issue of, like, the outcome is not advantageous versus the status quo, right? Like, status quo, like, okay, like, we'll continue with our thing, and if we'll kind of go from here. I don't, I don't think that anything has come up where it's like, oh, my, we have to do this. We're going to lose on this now. We have to go. You know what I mean? Otherwise, there would be a deal gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure, man. Like, that's – like, the Nets, if they do – let me. this is what I was thinking. If they do bring in Ben, you get rid of uh, Harden with that, right? Yeah. You get Kyrie out of there too? I don't think you can. I I mean, like, do you just break it up? Because, like, he – I don't think he's – I don't think he's part of the answer. I mean, he could be. I don't know. So, uh, I don't know. I just, like, if you're the Nets, right, you assembled all of this talent, right? Mm. And it took you a lot of assets, a lot of time, a lot of work. Unless you know for sure, like, you've talked physically to his face, both from James Harden, and he says, listen, man, I love you guys. I really appreciate you getting me here. I'm going to be honest with you. I will not be resigning next summer. If he says that verbatim, then I would possibly trade him. But I also would need to hear right out of Ben Simmons' mouth that, hey, yeah, all this mental health stuff, it's going to go right away as soon as I get on your team and I'm going to be playing. 
Because you can't afford to blow up the team that you spent so many assets for acquiring possibly the greatest three scoring isolation options ever on one team. And you're going to get rid of that just because you, one guy might not sign with you in the summer. And then you're going to get back a guy who might not play the rest of the year. And you're going to lose another championship window that Kevin Durant has had, uh, which defeats the purpose of him even coming there. So we saw one game last year in the playoffs where Kyrie, Harden, and Durant were on the floor together. It was against the Celtics, and they like went off on a 40-point run out of nowhere. They just smoked us. So I would think the Nets are sitting here being like, we're going to win a title if we can just get our guys on the floor in the playoffs. So I'm with you, Doge. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they'll come to the terms unless the Sixers really open up that checkbook and they're going like, hey, we'll give you Seth Curry. We'll give you uh, Ben Simmons. We'll give you... You know, somebody else who's really nice, like Maxi or, you know, some picks. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, um, and because Daryl's too greedy as well, because he's not going to give up his stuff, because he likes to win the deal, which I admire as well. But I don't think it'll happen. I think more likely to happen, Russell Westbrook for John Wall than James Harden for Ben Simmons. You heard that here first. So this is a quote from uh, Joseph Sy, Joe Sy, back on January 22nd. Yeah. About James Harden's stat line of 37 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, triple-double. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. The best is yet to come. They were 29-16 and 16 at the time. Oh, they probably, they've lost since that, right? <laughs> so, this is a month ago. So fast forward to today, they are on a nine-game losing streak. They are 1-9 and nine in their last 10. They are falling out of the conference uh, playoffs. Um, so they have lost nine straight since that tweet. Yep. Yep. So the best is yet to come, whatever that means. Oh yeah, they haven't played. None of them have been playing, I guess. So tough. It is. It is tough. Um, all right, let's move on to halftime then here. Go for a little, uh, little break ski. Uh, Doge. Where can we find the Clubhouse specific stuff? We are on Facebook. It is the Clubhouse. And on Twitter and Instagram, the handles are both Clubhouse underscore TCSN, TCSN for the Cheap Seats Network. Right, Doug? Sure. That's what you think, man. <laughs> That's what you think. Yeah. Can we uh, get where the Cheap Seats Network stuff is, Dill? All right. So, on the meta of Facebook, the <laughs> Cheap Seats Network. Start calling it the meta. The Cheap Seats Network. That is four words, don't know how many letters, and three spaces. Okay? On Twitter, the Blue Birdie. The underscore cheap underscore seats. But, as you all know, with my jazz hands that you can't see right now, yep. what does SN stand for? Doge, I'm looking at you. Teej, I'm looking at you. I talked about this pre-pod that it may have been one I've already used. I have since then shifted. No hints given. This is something that just... Ah, came up mid pod. Did a little Omaha. 
Liable. Do why banana here? Because I'm going to do some research and figure out and make sure I didn't check, check. double up. I'm not trying to double up. I haven't ran out of words. <clears throat> Although I have had to look some up at times. Who wants to go first? I don't hear you guys jumping out of your seat to... Alright, I've got it. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of... I've got two options. The Olympics. So do I. Of course you do. The, the truth the truth is revealed. The truth is revealed. No, no, I haven't. I got you. I'm, we're good. My we're guess good. is Silver Netherlands. Ooh. That's too too uh relevant. Makes too much sense. It might make too much sense, so they're gonna be it wrong never too. Makes sense. Um I'm gonna go I got three now. Okay? Okay. I've got Super Bowl night. I've got Call out to our this is this is called to later in the pod. So if you're listening, this will come back later. Foreshadowing? Saint Nacho. Wow. Yes. And then also Snowy Nightmares. Those are my three. Snowy nightmares. Okay. Got a lot of ice out here, you know? It's- Bling bling on that wrist. All right. What SN actually stands for, guys? Little superstitious nuggets. I think we've done that. There's no way. I think I think you've used nuggets, and I think you've used correct. Correct. I think I might have said superstitious nuggets. So when we were talking about the Super Bowl and you know some other conversations, I mentioned the dunking. If if you guys hear that later for the McDonald's dunk competition, right? Um, oh, sure. Talked about dunking my nuggets in there. That would be the dunking that I would be good at, that I could compete in. The cheap, superstitious <laughs> nuggets. <laughs> TCSR. Sweet Potato Nanny is still top. All time. Still the all time. All time. Um, all right. Well, ladies and gents, you've been waiting for it. You've been asking for it. Let's talk a little bangles with Kyle Guy here. Without further ado, ladies and gents, Kyle Guy. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today, the 2019 national champion, member of the Miami Heat, big bangle fan, Kyle Guy. It's his second time on the pod. We are happy to have him back on. When we had him on earlier this year, we were talking about, hey, it'd be nice to have you back on if we made it to the Super Bowl. And here we are in the Super Bowl. So how are you doing today, Kyle? And can I get a who day from you? Oh, man. Who day as always. I'm doing well. Love it. Love it, man. So, uh, first real question we got for you. Who did you end up watching the game with uh, when, against the Chiefs? Were you able to watch it with any of your you know teammates or any Bengal fans on the Heat right now? Would you meet up with some buddies, uh, go to like Hooters or something, or were you able to just have to watch that at home? Yeah, there's, there's no uh, Bengal fans um, <sighs> on the team, but I think I've converted a few at least to root for them for this game. There we go. Uh, on Sunday. Oh, yeah. uh, we were actually flying. Uh, I can't even remember where we were flying. We do it so often, but I was right. uh, watching it on my phone uh, on the flight. Um, you know, some of the guys were sleeping, so I was somewhat trying to be quiet. Right. <laughs> you know? uh, so, but it was it was fun, man. We, I got to I got to watch it all, which was the the most important thing. That's great. Are you are you planning on going to the bowl? Actually, I know that you guys have the day off, but I don't know if the travel will work out with everything in that. Yeah, the travel's the issue. I have tickets, so it's just a matter of uh, 
if I'm able to get there. If not, you know, somebody's going to get lucky with some, uh, with some tickets. So. <laughs> there you go. Well, hopefully you can make it, man. That'd be great for sure. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dill, what do you got for him? Yeah, man. So going into this weekend, obviously we have Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Um, you know, who do you think has more pressure on them here going into the game? Is it, you know, the Rams that have completely loaded up their team sent out their draft picks in order to get some of their players like Jalen Ramsey, uh, Von Miller, like, or is it the team that also, you know, has a $6 billion stadium that they're playing in uh, back-to-back years with the Bucks and now the Rams? Or, you know, is it the Bengals team who have lost in both Super Bowls they've been to? Luckily for you guys, you know, it's not against the 49ers. Yep. Could have been, which would have been a wild story once again. Did not, need um, that. Did not need that. But you guys are young. You know, you have young coaching staff, young quarterbacks, some young guys there. Um, who do you think has more pressure on him going into this weekend? Yeah, honestly, it's, uh, it's pretty close, if not even, in terms of, you know, pressure, if you believe in that sort of thing. I mean, the Rams definitely, you know, they did made a lot of moves to For sure. obviously win now. Yep. Um, this is a win-now team. And the Bengals strike me as a team, especially with, you know, Burroughs and Zach Taylor and just how those guys act. Like, most teams would be like, oh, well, if we lose, it was still a successful season. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can play with no pressure, but I feel like if they can play free, I feel like this team is like, no, if we lose, it's a not a failed season, but it's just it's not what right. the goal was. So, um, you know, I don't know who, who has more pressure, but I know I would rather have a mindset like, uh, like my dogs. Yeah, there's certainly some teams who are, are just happy to be there. And some teams that are just happy to win it. And I think the Bengals, like you're saying, are, are a team that would be happy to win it, not happy to be there. Right. <clears throat> um, Doge, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, one of the, the big combinations this weekend is just how many awesome, you know, talented receivers we have on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. We've got Cooper Cup, OBJ over in L.A., and then we've got Jamar T., Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, who do you think would be – the, the person that comes out on top with the most receiving yards coming out of the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, I mean, Super Cup's probably had one of the more unstoppable seasons ever, so yeah. it's hard not to say him. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I would say, um, I mean, Jamar Chase, I think those two are, are going to be the stars, but I really, I don't know if I have the most receiving yards, but I have a feeling that Tyler Boyd's going to be the most important piece of the Bengals team, and mm. rightfully so, just, you know, being, uh, being here the longest of those three wide receivers, um, and there's, you know, the, the other two just cause so much attention, you cannot, I mean, I don't know if anyone's been able to just stop three really good wide receivers, so. Right, um, totally. I think he's definitely going to have a uh, have a breakout game. Yeah, I know, uh, I was reading a stat about Boyd the other day that he hasn't dropped a pass in the slot since uh, 2000, and I think it was nine or something like that or 19 excuse me i didn't need an so plenty of seasons where he hasn't dropped his pass in the slot so hopefully we'll see some of that action in the super bowl um kind of like you were saying but yeah it's going to be tough to stop any of these receivers every single one of them on the field is super talented pro pro bowl caliber level so it's going to be a fun game that's for sure um Kyle, a uh, quick question for you here. Who has been your MVP of the Bengals so far this postseason, and do you think that person will also be the Super Bowl MVP? Oh, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> um, 
You can say Chris Evans if you want. Yeah, you got to stick with your boy. We know he's your boy. Um, Big touchdown in the Chiefs game. That was sweet, by the way. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how you don't say Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, And you know, if if anyone's gonna win Super Bowl MVP, I would, I would assume it's gonna be him as well. So, um, I'll go with the obvious answer. Um, Although there's been a lot of great play and timely. Um, you know, efforts from, from, from everyone. I'd say if it's not him, which, because, I mean, you got to pretty much give it to him, I think maybe Jesse Bates would be a good backup. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, he's definitely, I mean, uh, our corners, our DBs. Awesome. They've been awesome, too. Been, you know, the best or second best of, of the team as well. So. Mm-hmm. You can make a case for maybe Hubbard or Hendrickson, too. Everybody's been playing well. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'd say my Super Bowl MVP, um, I think I'm going to go Joe Mixon here. I think he's going to get some yards, a couple touchdowns, um, and I think that'll that'll really be effective here in the Super Bowl. So I'm going Mixon. He, right. He's another one just like Boyd deserves some recognition like that. So. Yes, totally, totally. Fine with me, Jody. Dill, what about you for Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, so you, so you mentioned uh, the secondary a little bit there. Um, in Sean Payton's retirement speech, he was talking about how he was rooting for uh, – the Bengals, because some of their former Saints, uh, being Von Bell, Eli Apple, um, Trey Hedrensick. So, you know, are there any guys, um, you know, that are in the league, you know, that you might be checking in on or, you know, anything like that as far as, um, you know, players that you've played with before and guys that you kind of keep up with or might be rooting for at some point in the season as long as it uh, isn't against you, I guess? Uh, in the NBA? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, that's one of my favorite parts is going to a new city and hanging out with somebody that I know um, and, and keeping up with them. So, obviously, old teammates from UVA and mm-hmm, OKC mm-hmm. and uh, Atlanta, um, you know, or just guys that you just kind of meet along the way. We've been playing, you know, AAU and basketball and going to these camps for, you know, since – eighth grade through senior year, so it's five years, and then you go to college and pay attention and whatnot. So there's plenty of people that I uh, that I keep up with. So Nice. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. So speaking of, you've kind of bounced around a little bit. You're on the Miami Heat right now. Um, there's some organizations in sports that have a different aura or a different, you know, kind of vibe to them, for lack of a better term. Like, for instance, everybody says the Cowboys are America's team or the Grizzlies are kind of the grit and grind Grizz. Everybody kind of talks about heat culture and the Miami Heat. Is there a noticeable difference playing down there in South Beach, or is it just like a lot of the other situations um, that you've been in this season or in the past, I guess? No, there's definitely a noticeable difference. Um, they just, you know, for the most part, just do things the right way. They have uh, – Really good communication to me, at least, which is okay. always yeah. uh, a big important. deal for me. And, and, you know, it's not too dissimilar from when I was at UVA, just the way that um, Coach Volstra and um, and the Heat run their organization. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we have confidence and believe in ourselves, but we're humble at the same time. Like, we play the right way, just... You know, most most things that you read about in a leadership book mm-hmm. or a self help book is pretty much how, how they do things here. That's funny. Heck yeah, that's good. Good to know, and it's good to hear that the the rumors are true about the the heat culture and stuff for sure. Yeah. So, um, Doge, what about you? 
Yeah, so when you went over to the Heat, you started out on that 10-day signing. So when that comes around, you know, how you how do you hear about it? And from there, you know, how quickly are you then suddenly with the team um, after you get signed like uh, to a 10-day like that? Yeah, so for the most part, if you get signed, traded, or cut, you know, the next day you're wherever you're supposed to be. Um, or you're either leaving and going somewhere else. If you get cut, you're just going wherever but if you get traded or sign a 10 day or two way like the next morning you're you're on flight so they called me i mean i found out like 11 30 at night and i was on 6 a.m flight from cleveland to wow uh, there Miami. you go yeah so, yeah everything moves fast and, and uh in this league for sure i'm sure they want to get you in the building and get you tested out i know they have that conditioning test they run everybody through i've heard of uh at least in the summer so <clears throat> i don't know if they're doing that mid-season but no, not mid-season. Well, that's probably good for you <laughs> then. <laughs> um, so um, recently, you kind of mentioned Spolster a little bit here, but him and Pat Riley were both uh, nominated to be on the NBA's top 15 coaches of all time um, list that was put out by TNT, I believe, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Have you gotten any good tips of advice that have been unique from those guys, from other coaches, or... Is there, a, kind of similar to the question about the Heat culture, is there a difference working with Pat Riley and Spolstra uh, than some of the other coaches and, and play people that you've been around? Yeah, I don't have much uh, interaction with Pat. Sure. He's obviously not coaching anymore. Right, yeah. Um, I've obviously met him and talked to him, but um, I don't have you know, any uh, fantastic stories um, sure. about no, him. I mean, I no worries. Him. Not yet, not yet. And whatnot, um, and, and Spolstra too. He's just my favorite thing about Spolstra is he just never get too high or too low, and that's kind of how Tony Bennett was at UVA. So I'm, yeah. I'm used to it, right. and uh, obviously have a, a liking for it. He just does a great job of uh, making all the players feel, um, you know, confident. Like he he shows that he's confident in the team. And again, like. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oh, you're breaking up there a little bit, Kyle. Excuse me. You there? Yep, yeah, we got you still. Sorry. Um, where, where where'd you lose me? Uh, it was like just the last little the last like, little bit about seconds. Spolstra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it's impressive how he can uh, stay even keel. Uh, yeah. Through through most uh, moments and events of the game. Um, Definitely. And and just his like communication with. You know what he expects from players and uh, how he believes in them is, is is always unique and, and pretty awesome. Plus, too, you know he's put his dues in. He was working at the you know being a video guy for a long time and finally made his way up. So it's cool to see him getting up there. I'm sure that's probably why he has yeah. that mentality. Um, for sure. So recently, uh, we saw you tweet this out too, but we we thought it was awesome. Uh, your teammate Jimmy Butler giving you a really awesome shout out in an interview uh, post game. Um, are you going to be going up to Cleveland to support him and some of your other teammates at the All-Star Weekend, or are you just going to take a nice break and enjoy some rest? Yeah, I think everyone uh, um, is ready for a break. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure, you know, yeah. People don't realize the All-Star break's not in the middle of the season. We're going to be 60 games in by Right. Then. Um, so, um, actually, I mean, a lot of us have talked about it. Um, nothing's set in stone yet, because we do want to support him. So, right. Um, you know, nothing's ironed out, but, you know, like I said, I'm still trying to find a ride to the Super Bowl, so that's... that's I'll say, uh, yeah, worry about that part. Right yeah, now. worry about that first, for sure. <laughs> uh, Dill? Yeah, man, so, as far as, um, 
you know, if you could give us some perspective of what it's like, you know, to be on a team for road games versus home games, um, you know, just kind of tell us the difference of what it's like to be on the road with your with your teammates, um, you know, versus being at home. Yeah, it's um, definitely different. Uh, I got a couple of friends in the, the NFL, obviously, and just the way, you know, the NBA moves is just a little bit uh, different. It's not like a, uh, you know, there's no curfews or you're <laughs> completely on your own, like you're an adult. Yep. Um, so handle your business and whatnot. I mean, we're on a 12 or 13 day road trip right now. Um, and we're at the end of it, so. It's long, uh, grueling, um, you know, travel schedule and trying to fit practice in there, and then games Definitely. and injuries. So it's uh, it's crazy, but I love the road. It's it's fun to you know go to these different cities. I'm a foodie, get some good nice. food, you know, good company. So that's always fun. Then at home, it's, uh, it's a little more stable, I guess you could say. Um, you know, it's a little bit more structured and and better organized not to anyone's fault on the road with organization but it's just hard because you know it's not your city so right is there a certain like city that you have a fate like you go you're like looking forward to you're like man i can't wait to get to get to houston and get some barbecue down there or something or is there a um, spot that you like to go to or you can't wait to get on the road for the food um i mean honestly for me like we were just in dc I have family in D.C. and uh, UVA is close, and I went and I oh, nice. yeah. to go to UVA yesterday. So, like, or if I could go to the Pacers in Indiana, like, where I'm from, like, those are those are my favorite trips. Nice. Uh, if you can find good food anywhere. Um, I really love the Nobu in Dallas. That's, like, my favorite. There you go. my favorite spots. So. Nice. Is there... But definitely anywhere family is is where I'm excited to be. Nice. Is there somebody on the team then, you know, kind of stick with that. Is there somebody on the team who kind of rallies all you guys together? Like, hey, like, you know what, we were talking about staying in, but, you know, we're going to actually go out and enjoy the night out or, yeah, you know. Yeah, get some food or, yeah. Yeah, who's the guy who's kind of the, the gel guy, if you will, um, for the outside of basketball get-togethers? Yeah, I think it just, it just varies, man. Like, a lot of people, I mean, think about, you know, someone who's been in the league for 10 years, how many people they meet in every totally. city. Totally. So, everyone's busy doing their own thing. Some people like to just chill at night or tired, whatever. Like tonight I'm going to go eat and go straight to bed. I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, you know, we practiced this morning, long day of travel, long weeks. So, um, I think there's one guy, I think it just, it changes uh, city to city. Some people are busy. So then when they're like, if I go ask, Jimmy to eat, and he's busy, and I'll move on to the next person, okay? Tyler, you want to go eat? Nope, okay, Gabe, you, wanna, you know what I mean? So, uh, nice. that works. Awesome. <clears throat> Heck yeah. Um, Doge, I think you got one here for him, right? Yeah. So they've got the the dunk contest lineup for this upcoming year. Jalen Green, Obi Toppin, Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano, Anderson. Um, if you were in charge of picking the dunk contest... Who would you put in the lineup? Well, Miles Bridges, for sure. Yeah, oh, man, yes. that's a good one. He's a dog. Would be in there. Um, I mean, Derek Jones. Yeah. Um, Another good one. Um, there's, I'd, there's, there's so many high flyers. I'd love to see Ja in there, man. I think Ja would be yeah, so fun. Uh, I mean... 
Zion when he's healthy. Yeah, Big Z. Yeah, yeah Zion would be that awesome, too. Oh, that was... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, He's good. Yeah, there's, there's just so many high flyers. Yeah, there. he Those can definitely do. He can jump for sure. That'd be a heck of a lineup right there. We'll leave it at that. Miles Bridges, Derek Jones, John Morant, and Zion. Although we got a good yeah. group this year too, so it, it'll be fun. I'm sure either way. Yeah, well, I think I, I mean I got Okay, I like to hear that. Okay. I like to awesome. take that advice then. I think Jalen Green is going to come out and try to prove that he's like, you know, hey, I was you know picked for a reason, so I think he'll be coming out. But I I agree, Obi Toppin also. He can jump. Yeah, man. no, I think. I mean, Jalen Green probably has the most bounce out of all of them. Probably. Um, he just strikes me as maybe that maybe he'll miss some dunks. Oh, okay. So that's what to look out Heard for. Heard it here okay. first from Kyle Guy. Sure, I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, dunks better than me. I'm not saying. <laughs> no, right? No, we weren't implying that, thing. right? That's Sometimes, funny. Sometimes, I mean, when I was at McDonald's All American contest, I got second in the dunk contest. And, there you go. Uh, that, you know, but it was you know I think I did really well, but everyone was missing dunks. Right. And that's that's kind of what's been happening. It happened in a couple dunk contests, so hopefully they yeah. they just get them all on the first try. That's what makes them so much fun. Yeah, I'd probably be uh, pretty good at the actual McDonald's dunk contest. <laughs> dunking Mc- yeah, McNuggets dunking or something. Nuggets just, into the barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> just dunking a bunch of nuggets. That's the kind of dunking I would be involved in. So. <laughs> um. All right, Kyle, let's move on to our fun game with you, and then we'll let you get out of here and get some rest for uh, your final game on the road trip. We're going to do a little bit of what we call, and I'm sure you've heard of them in the business before, a Mount Rushmore, but we're going to do it of Super Bowl foods. So famous things that you like to have at your Super Bowl party or Super Bowl tailgate or what you're planning on maybe eating at the Super Bowl this year. Um, And we're going to give you the first pick as well. So you get to pick the first item uh, that would be at the Super Bowl party or your Super Bowl party. Yeah, I mean, it just so happens that they're the, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl this year. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, skyline chili. It's, there you it's go. There. Yes, it sir. has to be. Are you doing so. this? Are you doing the skyline dip or like any any sort of skyline chili involvement? Any involvement. Don't okay. care if it's a Tony <laughs> Dog or it's uh, I like know, it noodles or whatever. It doesn't matter. Perfect. Uh, Dill, you're up next. All right, I'm gonna go towards the uh, the dip end of the spectrum. Okay, okay. Um, I'm gonna go with a little little buffalo chicken dip. Um, Ooh, yeah. With uh, the Tostitos scoops specifically. Okay. Exactly. He's big. He's a big scoops guy. <laughs> yeah, Doge. Make sure you get the Tostitos scoops. Doge. Pick number three here. You know, it's it's the biggest game of the year for football, bro. I've got to get some wings. I, dude, I was going to say, you can't let wings fall to me at four, guys. Come on. That was bizarre. Okay. So I'm going to have to go with something at my party that we have every time, and it's one of my favorite things. Typically, it's Jersey Mike's, but just any kind of nice like cold-cut sub tray, like a big slab of subs. Right. Um, okay. And then I would say for my wraparound pick here, my mom makes this famous dip. So I don't know how many people are going to have this on their Super Bowl party, but it's called Dayton Dip. It's Velveeta cheese, it's salsa, and it's spicy sausage mixed in there. So it's a nice cheesy kind of nacho-y dip. So that's something that's at every Super Bowl party we're at. So I'm going to put that on my list, the Dayton Dip, along with the subs. There it is. Sounds Fantastic. Oh, dude, it's it's delicious. We'll have to 
We'll have to meet up at a Bengal tailgate and get you some sometime. Bengals jam. That sounds like a plan. I like that. Um, okay. So we'll go then. Back to you, Doge. You had wings. What's your next pick? I'm a big mozzarella sticks guy. Ooh. I would have to have some there on the side with my wingage. I like that. I like that. You going marinara dip then? I'm a big, yeah, marinara. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as goofy as it is, bro. Those, Hot marinara. It's, it's, those pre, it's those pre-boxed TGI Fridays. Sure. Boxes, like the rectangles. Yeah. That come with <laughs> the marinara that's just already so good, bro. That's a that's a quality combo for me. Kyle brought up a good point. It has to be hot mar- or, woo, marinara. Excuse hot me. marinara. Hot. Oh, yeah. Gotta yeah. be hot. Can't be cold. You heat it up, make sure. Yeah, exactly. It can't be that cold stuff. All right, Kyle. You've got two picks here. Oh, no, excuse me, Dill. I was just the scoops. Wow. You have you have two commas because you got the scoops. All right. Well, let's let's just get rid of that comma. You crazy we'll just, guy. Uh, get in there. Um, two picks. So I'm a I'm a big cheeseburger guy. Ooh, love a good burger. I would love to have just a nice little cheeseburger slider platter available. Mmm. You know. Very good. Very a little good. bacon on there. Okay. Pickle action. I don't know. Yeah, just a whole you know whole. I like soiree. it. All right, Kyle, now we're up to you. Excuse me. I was jumping the gun there. What are your two picks here for uh, your Super Bowl foods? Yeah, I'd have to go back. I mean, again, I've heard the wings. I've heard the, the easy answer, so I'll give another one. Dude, I need some pizza, man. Yeah. Yeah, sir. Absolutely. There's a, there's a spot called Grand Bullies in Indiana, where I'm from. That's amazing. Okay. Um, but in, in light of this Sunday, I, I mean, I need some La Rosa's, right? I mean, Absolutely, wow. yeah. For sure. Way to go. Absolutely. <clears throat> That'd be great. Dang, they're making me hungry with that. Are you a is pineapple or no? <laughs> Actually, I am. I love pineapple. I, Hell yeah. I do too, bro. Yes. What am I? I'm the odd man out then. Yeah. Get that crap off of my pizza. When no, I was <laughs> when I was in college up in Toledo, one of my favorite things to come home and get La Rosa's was the pineapple pepperoni pizza. So that was a that's a special one for me. But here we go. Oh. What's your uh, what's your wraparound pick for your third over? Well, your third pick. Yeah, you got skyline. You got pizza. And now what do we got? Um, I need. I mean, honestly, I need some dessert. Mhm. Mhm. Like a assortment of like cookies and brownies with some ice cream. Maybe. Yeah. That's oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, like usually you get those like cookies with the team colors on them like some blue ones and some orange ones this weekend or something going like that you know or yeah, somebody makes some cupcakes with the different teams those are always real good great pick all right dill pick number three for you all right so we've uh we've had a couple couple of good assortment spread type things i'm gonna go with the charcuterie board you know get Ooh. a little charcuterie going oh we're getting fancy dang <laughs> do i have to wear a suit to your super bowl party dill it's a black tie, black man. Tie. Yeah. <laughs> black tie. We're on the same wavelength there. That'd be a fun party, though. Um, okay, Doge. Are you going fancy or are you, you slumming it with your next pick? What do you got? Yeah, you got mod sticks. There's nothing fancy about my Super Bowl, bro. I'm going potato skins. Oh, oh you took them right from me. God dang. Absolutely. With a little dollop of daisy on top. Oh, good pick. Yeah. Shoot. I'm surprised that one fell so far. All right, so I'm a big eater. We we know this. Uh, well, Kyle 
God doesn't know this, but everybody knows, everybody else listening knows this. I'm an eater. I'm I'm a big eater. So I need to I gotta pace myself, right? If I keep eating all these big heavy things and all this meat, all this cheese, you know, keep slugging down beers, I'm gonna get full real quick. I gotta have the veggie tray so I can pretend, hey, I'm gonna go grab a carrot or two, maybe a broccoli stick here, and like that was my healthy little side for the for the the, the meal or the party. So I'm going veggie tray with one here with some nice Ranch, got to have some nice ranch. Okay. That yeah. makes a key. And your your last overall, your last pick. My here. last pick. Let me review my list. Make sure I'm not missing anything here. I did some research for this. Oh, man, I think I'm gonna have to just go with a big plate of nachos. Oh, nice. In honor of my friend Copus, he would always call it Mount Saint Nacho. So I'll put Mount Saint Nacho on mine. Sure. <clears throat> Just a lot of meat, a lot of cheese, maybe some jalapenos in there. Um, sour cream on the side for me, but a lot of people do like the sour cream. A little dollop of daisy. A little dollop of daisy in there. Yeah. Maybe some chives. So should be some good nachos for sure. Um, Doge, your final pick here. Oh, man. Um, shit. We've taken so many of the good ones. It's getting thin. We're getting thin here. It is starting to get thin. But we're all having good parties. I mean, I've moved towards beverage for my last one, so. Wow. Uh, I see what you're going for here. Yeah. Classic changing the rules still here. No, I'm uh, I'm sticking with <laughs> the dips. I know we've mentioned some dips, but. Get back in there. We make this this really good seven-layer dip. You've got to have Doge it. Doge does make It'll a good seven-layer. the Tostitos layer. scoops. I'll count the Frito scoops and give me some Ooh, of those. Huge move. corn chip. Wow. Huge move. Okay. Seven layer dip will be my, my last last rounder. Mm. Right now, Dill, are you popping off with some Don P at your black tie event here? Or what are you wrapping up your your, <laughs> your Mount Rushmore? Yeah, with? that's why I had to stick with, uh, you know, stick with some sort of beverage here. But, no, I mean, I, I think with what I have on my plate so far is pretty good for what I'm looking for. Now I need to figure out what to wash it down with. Yep, yep. Um, you know, I'm not a big uh, mainstream Pilsner guy. You know, I do like a good Miller Lite, you know, when I have to, you know, at a game or something. But, you know, get like a nice little six-pack of, uh, you know, some micro-brew beer. You okay. Know? You got one specific you want to shout out here? Um, well, I was just talking about the beer cheese that I made with yeah. a little OU, oh yeah, hot nut from Jackie O's Brewing out Jackie in Athens, O's. Ohio. There you go. Shout um, out to Jackie O. A little association there maybe with uh, Joe Burr. I don't know, a little bit. Athens, yeah, a little, right? yeah, a little Athens there. Good call, so, good call. Um, Ohio. Yeah, that one, I don't know if I'd be able to do six. That's 11.5% beer, yeah, but a, it's a heavy one. Um, the Bengals win, we're putting six down. Let me tell you that. <laughs> um... All right, Kyle, last pick of the draft here. You've got Skyline Chili, pizza, specifically Grambolis, if you can get it, and then some cookies and brownies. What is your last pick here for the Super Bowl draft? Oh, boy. Um, I feel like you need something that nobody likes, so it just steers <laughs> you back to what you've already right. on your plate. You know, I, I like, like that. I'm not a big hummus guy, but everybody's got the hummus out all the time. Yep. I want nothing to do with it, so then I just go back for more pizza and go back for more cookies, and then I'm content. So insert whatever it is that you guys don't like, and that's my last pick. Hey, we're putting hummus in there just because you said it. I like that. I think so, it'll go. Are, so, you, 
Are you bringing hummus just that way other people kind of get preoccupied by the hummus and then you can kind of sneak your way over to more Skyline or, or pizza? That's a fantastic idea. I thought of that. Maybe that's what I'll do. Okay. <clears throat> I like it. A little it. diversion hummus. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's get more of other stuff. Absolutely. All right. Let me read off everybody's list here. Um, and so we got Kyle. Kyle Guy, excuse me. He's got Skyline Chili, Grand Bully's Pizza, Cookies and Brownies, and Hummus. Dill's got buffalo chicken dip with the scoops, cheeseburger sliders, a charcuterie board, and some Jackie O's beer. Doge has wings, mod sticks, potato skins, seven-layer dip. There you go. I've got subs. I've got my mom's famous Dayton dip. I got a veggie tray with some ranch, and we got Mount St. Nacho. So that is one heck of a Super Bowl party for everybody there. Um, Kyle, we want to say, too, thank you so much for coming on and being on our show. Uh, we can't wait to hopefully maybe see you at the Bengal Parade or, you know, hopefully next season or something, some more Bengal action. But we really appreciate it. Keep up the great work this season, man. Uh, we've been following you, and we really are uh, love catching your games on League Pass and stuff and seeing you get in. So we really, really appreciate it. And then um, one last thing. We're always looking for guests, and we know we can't absolutely have you on every week with your so busy schedule. Is there anybody else on the team or maybe former teammates that you think would want to talk uh, bangles or, or hoops with us? Um, you know, I'll think about that. I'll shoot you a text to some people. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's actually kind of scarce out here in Bengal country, uh, professional sports. So We got to get that um, changed. Get a, get a hold of Jonathan India, though. I think he, okay, uh, yeah. I see him. I follow him on Instagram. You know, over to the year, all this stuff. Yeah, he's bread. a beast, man. He's, he's a beast. And we got two Florida Gators here that we, uh, so we can kind of support them that way. Too. Yeah, true. Yeah. Got a couple Gators yeah. in town. So, okay. Um, well, yeah, Kyle, we appreciate it so much, man. Thank you very much. Keep up the great work. And uh, maybe we'll link up sometime this summer uh, at a Bengal game next year. You know it. For all right. Sure. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, man. man. See ya. Bye. All right, we want to thank Kyle Guy one more time for coming on the show here. We really appreciate it. He's always fun to have on. Always good to talk bangles with him. So hopefully we can do that again later and uh, get together after a Super Bowl win here. But first, before we wrap up the show, before we send you off uh, for your Super Bowl week, um, we got to do a little buzzer beater here. You know, we got to end the show like we normally do. So let's wrap it up. Let's send it off with a buzzer beater. Let's put on Big Dale here. Yeah. We were waiting for it at the old warm-up. He was talking a little snowboard action. What do you got for us? Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate the uh, the shout-out for the half-pipe here. Specifically, Sean White. Yep. Um, he announced... Flying Tomato. The Flying Tomato. That is absolutely correct. Uh, he announced earlier um, in the Olympics that he kind of had this, you know, moment of him um, going up a ski lift, I guess, and seeing the sunset and he said it was just one of those like metaphorical moments in his life that he realized that this is the end of his career coming yeah. to an end um as redundant as that is it is what it was but since 2006 um the u.s has had sean white a prominent winter olympic snowboarder uh x games winter x games um you know, when I was 12, it, uh, he first started competing. Um, he was a rock star when we were kids. It was something, yeah, it was something I thought was so cool. Like, he was just that guy that was just like, oh, shoot. Like, it was a, it was a, a superhuman, you know what I mean? Like, it was something that, 
I was like, oh, I would never be able to do that. And I still haven't been able to. And this is 15 years later. So, um, keep waiting. Yeah. I don't that, think you're going to be able to do that. Right. That, the <laughs> thought that I had was true. Um, but it was so cool just seeing the things that he would do and, um, e- maybe even more so just like how hype the announcers and commentators would be with the things they'd pull off and, oh my God, he just did. Right. And he, they just get so elevated and you're like, oh, like, I don't know what he did, but if they the do. triple axle, whoa. You right. Know, whatever, you know. And, and you'd be like, okay, like, I don't know what that means, but he clearly did something really impressive. Um, yeah. so he's had some injuries here in the, in the last few years and obviously in the, you know, nature of the sport that, you know, it's inherent of it. Yeah. Um, a lot of tour. So it was just a lot of fun. Um, a lot of talent and, and a great athlete. Um, yeah, so I guess, out for the homie. you know, congrats for all the things that he's done and, and to the accomplishments, uh, as of now, three Olympic gold medals. He is the world record, uh, or world leader, uh, respectively with 18 winter X game medals, 13 of which are gold five in the X games. And he's the first ever athlete to compete and receive medals in both the winter and summer X games. So, oh, yeah. He does it on a skateboard. He yeah. does it on a snowboard. Right. He's, you know, he, he's able you to could, do it in multiple ways. You could legit have told me that Sean White, like, invented snowboarding or, like, started it, like, is the first great snowboarder ever. Obviously not true, but, like, that's what it feel, seems like to me. Like, people people didn't snowboard, and then Sean White made it huge and famous, and now people snowboard. They don't ski, it seems like. Do you think that it has any – I'm not saying, like, don't take this out of context here, Okay. Like, I think it was similar to how Tiger with the PGA golf yeah. game, right? Yeah, for sure. Because I remember there was no sto- there weren't any snowboarding games before. Like, who, like whatever. Like, it's Other pretty than, limited. Like, SSX, tricky, like, tricky really, action. Like, non-realistic ones. Right. Yeah, where you're doing, like, 20,000 backflips and a rail grind yeah, on a tree. That game and Amped were both really fun, but they weren't, like, realistic at all. Yeah. He was somebody who kind of shifted it, you know, and it, I don't know. It, He's a also, legend, dude. I'm. Yeah, great buzzer. Flying beater. tomato. Absolute legend. So, I think he's 36 now. Yeah. It's got to be tough getting up, you know, going down those hills if you fall at that age. I mean, as you get older, like, it, things are tougher to come back from, so. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's, it has to be, like, there's some of the people that are 18, he's competing with them. I mean, like, to have the, I don't know, he's a massive, impressive athlete, there's no doubt. So hopefully he does well. He had qualifying, I believe, yesterday, Doge. Yep. So I don't have any updates on what uh what happened though. Like I, I said, uh, no idea about going the, to the final. So that's good news. Going he had an early fall; it was tough, but he uh, him. I think there's two other Americans going to the final with him. So nice, heck yeah. So there's and yeah, stats team. He was born September third, nineteen eighty six, thirty five years old. Bingo. There you go. Will be thirty six this year. Dozier, what do you got for your buzzer beater? I'm going to wrap it up with a nice, short, sweet one. Sure. Next month, we've got our first race for F1 for the next season. But this month, we've been getting a lot of the libraries. So a lot of the, like, the little, like, designs that they have on the cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Red Bulls just came out today, looking pretty slick. The new design for the F1 car has a much different look to, like, particularly the front yeah the front looks area and the wing the wing looks a lot different too it's a lot more rounded yep 
looks more futuristic. It's got a really slick look to it. I'm excited. They look like freaking rocket ships. Yeah, they look like they're going to move, dude. Yeah. Haas looks completely the same compared to <laughs> last year and this year. It's so funny. Well, they don't like, have the... The design of the car looks different, but the actual, like... Design? Decals, it, it didn't change one yeah. bit. It looks so dumb. Maybe, uh... They don't have the financial support after rough uh, last couple of years. <laughs> they just can't afford to could be pay it. any graphic designers. Did we get the um? We got like Lewis is back. Yes. So that's what people are saying. Um, what are you saying? You know, he did his big tweet where he's like, you know, I've been gone for a while. Now I'm back. I don't know if that was specifically about him just being off of social media. I think that was specifically Twitter. Like, he hadn't been on Twitter for a couple of years. So I that's what I, I – I knew it as that, but I was like, oh, is he like, this is for real, for real? He's totally, totally back? But Mercedes, I guess, has, like, hinted that he will be back. So – Well, also, like – Because, like, that's their job to make sure that – The know. season just ended. Like, so when he said, like, after a long break, I'm back, or whatever the actual quote was, like, it was like – you were gone for like what, seventy-two days? Like, what been do you a few mean? Months, yeah. Right. But he just like, posting like, you know, semi-daily, like being gone for a few months is a long time. Right. He's yeah. I thought he meant back to racing. That was my context there. Oh no, I think he meant like he meant he meant to social. Right. But yes, if it was back to racing, you're right. That just like I was like, it's like you never left. The season didn't hasn't even changed. Yet. We haven't even like gone into this other like, <clears throat> but. Doge, I'm going to need you to sing this with me, okay? Okay. Hear that bangle growling, mean and angry. Here he comes a prowling, lean and hungry. An offensive boot, run past a boot. And defensively, he's rough, tough. Cincinnati Bengals, that's a team we're going to cheer to victory. Touchdown Bengals, put some point up on that board and win a Super Bowl for Cincinnati. Hey, who they, who they, who they think going to beat them Bengals? Nobody. Hopefully we'll be talking about a Super Bowl win on the next episode, everybody. Oh, get a little jungle going for us, Phil. We want to bang on the drums all day. It's Super Bowl Sunday. We love Hootay Nation. We appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening. Doge, thank you for being on. Dill, thank you for being on. Hey. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the boys, thank you for being in the goddamn Super Bowl. We can't wait to watch you. Hootay, this is the Clubhouse. <laughs>